welcome everybody to this week's episode of In Process here with Redmond Presbyterian Church. It's uh, good to have you again as we continue this fall to explore themes of rest and renewal. I'm excited uh, this particular time this week to introduce you to uh, my friend and coach and mentor, Kelly Soifer, who is here with us today. I'm thrilled that you get to meet her. Uh, Kelly is... Um, a multi-talented individual, but after a, a career in ministry with students uh, for, for years and years, she now uh, works as a executive coach in leadership development and training uh, expert among, among many other talents. She works in with groups uh, in wide-ranging uh, industries from education to finance to churches like, like our own, as, as she and I meet regularly. And uh, again, I'm grateful that you get to learn from her. So Kelly, welcome. We're glad you're here. Thank you so much. Wow. I like being how's, introduced. How's that for an introduction? <laughs> I'm a legend in my own mind. I, I, love <laughs> I love it. Well, again, I'm I'm glad you're here. And um, and as you heard as I rattled off some of uh Kelly's resume, I, I didn't mention um expert in the the field of of rest or or burnout Ooh, or anything expert. like that. No pressure. Okay. <laughs> However, uh Kelly plays that role in, in my life and, and forever will. And, and, and this is why, cause as we just dive right in, um, when I was thinking about this idea of, of rest and renewal, I immediately thought of you and a conversation that we had about, I want to say like eight ish years ago, <clears throat> we've been mm -hmm. yeah, quite a while and coaching that long. And, um, and I had just come back from a weekend, an anniversary weekend away. My wife and I got up to, um, Whistler BC for I think three nights and I'm sitting there on a zoom call just like this one and uh and I'm telling you oh gosh Kelly the weekend away was was so amazing we uh we got this hotel and it was October in Whistler so no one was there and all we did was sleep all weekend we you know we we hit the hot tub and then we slept and then we went for a five minute walk and then we slept the whole afternoon and then you know we ate in bed and and slept some more and and literally I was I was you know telling you this as as a victory story it was such a you know I'm so well rested such a great weekend just what the doctor ordered and you very patiently and kindly listened and, and as I <laughs> and as I finished yeah exactly just reeling me in <clears throat> and as I finished the story you you said something so simple and yet it, it will forever stick in my mind. You said, gee, Austin, that sounds great, but you know, that's not really rest. That's called recovery. And I was like, wait a second, what? And, and you went on to say, you know, if you're running your life so hard, if you're running on empty on, on such a regular basis that when you have time off, when you get, you know, a chance for a, a vacation three days away. And the only thing you want to do is collapse on the couch, on the bed, whatever. Um, maybe you're running a little too hard. Maybe you're, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're pushing it a little too far. Um, and I mean, that just, that particular conversation that felt like a, a two by four upside the head. It was just like, I, mm. I had never thought of that. I mean, honestly, like it makes so much sense today. And at the time I was like, Oh, I thought that was just normal that you just, run yourself till you're on empty and then you go and you collapse. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so, yeah. So I want to start there and just say, first of all, thank you for that two by four upside the head <laughs> and, and ask you, where did you learn that truth in your yeah. life? Where did that come to you? Uh, how's that played itself out in your, in your story? Well, I wish I could say that I, uh, 
have always been the serene, thoughtful, mindful, meditative presence, but uh, takes one to know one. So of yeah. course I had done exactly the same thing for many years, but so just briefly to touch my background, I'm sure your community will be familiar with some of this. I was, uh, I worked for Young Life uh, here in, I'm in Santa Barbara, California, as I like to joke, because someone has to be, but um, <laughs> so I was with Young Life for 13 years and then I was a youth pastor for 15 and then a denominational leader for 10 years beyond that with the Free Methodist Church. And now I'm out on my own coaching and consulting. But running Young Life, and I was just on all cylinders all the time. That's the culture of Young Life. I hope it's okay to say that, but it just is. It's go, go, go. It's hyper experiential. And like we are wacky and crazy, and we're more wacky and crazy than anybody else. And I loved that. So kind of kept going. And I was an area director and I crashed and burned and, but, and I was a little younger than you were at that point. I was 28 and, but I basically was crying in the office every day. And mm. my pastor at the time said, um, I think you're a little depressed and why don't you take a week off? And I took a week off and I read a book, which I don't think the book was that relevant to this whole idea, but for some reason, the whole concept of Sabbath crept in and I realized that I was not, sabotizing and I was not practicing Sabbath and started reading and studying and you know there's a commit it's a commandment <laughs> and we we treat it as a suggestion they aren't the 10 suggestions they are the 10 commandments yep. and if we treated it, our adherence and understanding of this commandment to take a Sabbath if we treated the other commandments that way we'd really be in trouble like it's like well times were different then times were slower and they sometimes I sometimes I feel like murdering people, you know. It's yeah, like, sometimes I feel like coveting and having adultery, yeah. you know. So it, it's just not that we treat it as is like if we have time kind of thing. Yeah. But it is a commandment, and it's described two different ways, and once in Exodus and once in Deuteronomy, and it's worthwhile to go back to those passages and see that basically it's not only for you, it's for your community. It's even in the Deuteronomy passage, it's for your animals, even. Um and the, the big aha at that point was what built on what I said to you years later was basically the point of rest is recreation. And we've, we've missed, we've forgotten what that word is. It comes from mm -hmm. the word what? To recreate. Recreate. So what you were not doing is recreating. You were recovering. You were, you'd collapsed and been crushed. And so if we're working so hard that all we can do is sleep on our time off. We're working too hard. It's a gauge. So yeah. I realized I needed to take two days off together. So, and that's another concern I have with pastors is sometimes in my pastoral experience, I've known pastors that only take Saturday and then take Wednesday. But I think it's two consecutive days that are really helpful. Yeah. That is a privileged statement to say that. I understand that. But that was... Um, what I learned and what I started doing. I also stopped going out of town so much on the weekends, which when I was younger was a big part of my life. And I'm, I've always been single. And I think that's been part of it is I thought I've had to go be with friends. And mm. again, I don't create, I didn't create rhythms that I needed to create at home. Yeah. I, I, that's, there's so much there. I mean, the idea of, yeah, creating rhythms, which, which we'll come back to, but uh, you know, I love the way you, you hit on that idea that, um, a Sabbath rest. I mean, that a, it's a commandment, not, not an option. 
I think one thing that's telling is, is the notion of Sabbath, even the word itself almost is, is antiquated in our vocabulary today, yep. right? We talk yep. about like, oh, that's a very churchy thing. Um, and, and yet it's this gift, you know, it's this, this gift from God to, to remember who we are and, and who God is in our life. And, and yet, um, so often we miss it. Uh, the, a book that you recommended to me, and now I'm running around recommending it to everyone else. I even tried to recommend it back to you on accident. Uh, <laughs> the book is uh, Rest is Resistance by uh, Trisha Hersey. And she uh, has this line where she says, the more we think of rest as luxury, which is exactly what I was doing, like, oh, I got this weekend away. The more we think of rest as luxury, the more we buy into the systematic lies of what she calls grind culture, or just that notion that mm-hmm. we always have to be uh, going, 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 you know, producing and doing more. And, and, and that, that's, that strikes me too, as, as um, you know, when we talk about Sabbath, when we talk about rest, and and more often than not, for many of us, the absence thereof, it's we've bought into this other lie, this other story that that we are what we produce, right? Or we are what what we do. Mm-hmm. So I guess my 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 follow-up question would be, yeah, what is it? So when we go down that road, when we find ourselves running on empty and and you know, working Monday through Saturday just so that we can collapse and start over again on Monday. Um, what are we, what are we missing out on? Like, what are we, you know, what, yeah. What, what is oh, gosh. missing from our lives? Well, the, the two things that, that come to mind the most are you, you touched on it briefly is like, we we're supposed to take Sabbath to remember who we are. And that is one of our downfalls. I, I would say, especially in American culture is that our identity is found in our work and in our productivity, hmm. which is a huge message in, um, Trisha Hersey's book, right, is that what we value productivity above everything else. Yeah. And so Sabbath is designed to remember that we're human beings, I think, to use the overused uh, saying, but it's true. Like, I just need to rejigger. You know, I just need to kind of go like, I had a good week, a lot got done, I was gratified by a lot of it, but who am I as a person and where do I find my identity and I need to find it in who I am in God and who I am apart from my productivity. Um, so, I mean, I think that should be happening. And I think there, I mean, there's several forms of rest that need to be taken. I think one of the main takeaways I'd want to make sure that was remembered from what I say today, I get to control such things, right? Yeah. No, I don't. But, um, is we need to also take time to understand why we're tired. Cause it's not, it's often not physical fatigue. And so ironically, actually, literally unintentionally, I listened to a podcast yesterday, which as you and I know, I basically listen to podcasts like it's my job. But um, <laughs> but I listened to one yesterday and I can give you all the link, but it was a rebroadcast from On Point um, from public radio. And it was an interview with Dr. Sandra something Dalton, I can't remember her name, but anyway, she's come up with this whole theory of uh, seven different forms of rest that we need. Hmm. And you can find the, she has actually formulated a quiz uh, and it's simple to find. It's called restquiz.com. But she says that there's basically several 
ways that we need rest. And it's not just certainly physical, but also social. I'm not going to remember all seven spiritual, creative, emotional, mental. Mm. I think I'm getting to almost all of them, but, and we need to slow down and figure out why we're tired. So, you know, all of us have, have taken a nap or slept in a little bit and said, why do I not feel more rested? And that's probably because that physical fatigue is not what the issue is. Interesting. But if we don't stop enough to take that time to reflect, to contemplate, um, we can't get at the, the root of the matter of like what is really making us tired, you know? That's fascinating. So, so, so we can be mentally tired and trying to fix it by getting more physical rest. And then we wake yep, up yep. and we're still tired and we're asking, yep. why are we tired? And then we, you know, start looking at our phone every 20 seconds. And that's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, just to be, tra- just to be transparent this last weekend during my Sabbath, I realized that I was, I was actually overdoing it on the podcast and I, I was listening to a certain vein, basically, I'll be honest, political ones. And mm-hmm. that was just getting me more and more wound up on a mental level. And I needed to dial it back a notch. And hmm. so I realized I need to not listen to every podcast that comes my way that tickles my fancy, but yeah. I need to limit myself and show some self-discipline and probably use the call map more of just the soundscapes and, and also heck, maybe even just have silence. What a concept. So <laughs> good old um, fashioned stillness. Yeah. 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 So what, silence, so- stillness, that kind of stuff, understanding why we're tired. Yeah. So, so take me to that, that moment when you're realizing perhaps you're over indexing on podcasts or politics or, or whatever it is. And, and you, you do step back. What do you think both for yourself and, and for the rest of us, what do we gain? You know, like I think of um, Eugene Peterson in the message on, on that same Matthew 11 passage I was talking about earlier when Jesus says, come and find rest. Eugene Peterson talks about uh, come experience the unhurried, what does he call it? The unhurried rhythms of grace or mm-hmm. something like that. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I hear those words and I just picture this kind of like expansiveness, you know, like life. Just, so what do you think, what, what do you notice in those moments when you do rest, when you step back and get some, some stillness, some quiet from the, the noise of, of politics or whatever it is? Um, yeah. What, what do you, what do you find that you experience that, that you gain, I guess, I, I don't want to make this sound like a, a ledger where, you know, there's pluses and minuses, but what do you find that you, that you, that benefits you in, in that space? Well, ironically, and I'm sure I got this idea from somebody, I can't believe I thought of it myself, but my goal on every Sabbath, which for me is, I got in the habit of it being Saturdays years ago from when I worked at the church, and that just still feels right to me. Yeah. Um, it. My goal is to get bored. <laughs> That's like, you have to say more because that for some people sounds so. Oh, I know. And that, you know, sacrilege, like what that's the one thing we you know try so hard to avoid so you try to get bored say more about that well that i finally have slowed down enough that i'm not my mind isn't just worrying w-h-i-r worrying endlessly spinning at this frenetic pace yeah 
trying to figure out all the different things I got to do, whether it's projects or emails or text messages or phone calls or chores or things I want to accomplish. You know, it's a never ending deluge of things that I feel like I need to get done and then I'll rest. Well, that's mythical, first of all. You let me know when you get everything you need to get done. So, um, so how can how can I learn how to stop and not need to do all that and just kind of chill out and actually kind of go like, yeah, huh, yeah. And, and then the other goal, coupled with it, I think they're, they they go hand in hand. Is then I also make it my goal to take a nap because hmm. naps are luxurious. They that's I feel really like. I get to be really indulgent if I get to take a nap. So yeah, that's interesting. I'll, I'll just make it a goal to take a nap on my Sabbath too. I I also like, as you're describing that, you know, being bored, uh, kind of getting to that place of, of stillness where the mind slows down a little bit napping. Um, this goes back a little bit to those seven different kinds of rest, which I'm interested in, in learning more about that. It immediately triggers for me the idea that, that, not all of us rest the same way, right? For some people, the thought mm-hmm. of of napping, or or I think about like, I know plenty of people in my life who who would love to spend a Saturday afternoon gardening, and I would not. Like, there's just nothing about you know, like, there's nothing about that 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 feels like labor to me. That feels like hard work. Mm. On the other hand, I would love to sit in my kitchen and make bread all Saturday afternoon. And, and that, that can be work too. I'm sure there'd be some people who would hate that, but and, like, and I would just be willing to eat bread. That, that's my, <laughs> my contribution. Yeah. yeah. Now that's why yeah. everyone needs to listen to this podcast link that I'll give you again. If you could just go to on point and look for a rebroadcast. And I think I did pull it up so I could give you when it was rebroadcast. It was rebroadcast on September 1st this year. Okay. So, but she gives examples. I guess they kind of preliminarily invited listeners to share how they rest or something like that. So there, she plays these kind of phone recordings, the host. And one one guy says, I sit in front of a computer eight to 10 hours a day, you know, whatever, doing code, working virtually, which I have days like that because I work at, uh, virtually at home. Yeah. And, um, and my idea of rest is going into my wood shop and, and making something because it engages his brain in a completely different way, right? It's yeah. entirely tactile and he gets in the zone. Other people feel that way through running. Of course, personally, I do not. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but so that basically that's so, that's so consuming and they get in the flow. It's the whole flow state thing is a big, right. huge aspect yeah. of, of rest. And so that, yeah, it's finding what gives you the most enjoyment and delight and rest. Um, for me, it it's often cooking, hmm. and so I get a, a weekly um, CSA community support agriculture box, you know, of local produce, and I get it on Saturdays, and then I think about what I'm going to make that week based on what I got in my box, and that is a really fun, kind of consuming um, pursuit, because you know, would I normally pick? you know, beets and turnips and kohlrabi, not right. probably, but, here but it then is. I have the, but here it is. I have the challenge and what am I going to make out of, you know, right. and I've learned how to make certain things that I never would have eaten otherwise. And it, it, that's the whole manna concept, which I think is entirely connected to Sabbath. Hmm. It's like, rather than going out and getting what I want, it's like, what has God given me as you and I have talked about through Trisha Hersey, the whole idea of abundance, what do I have? Yeah. And then 
what has God provided to me? And then now what do I make of that? Hmm. Rather than this never ending, extremely tiring drive to pursue and acquire. To get more and more and more. Yeah. That's, yep. Gosh, it's, uh, yeah, I, you and I talked about that before the uh, Trisha Hersey's focus on, on abundant, but the rest is a statement of abundance. Like you just described slowing down to say, what is it that I have that God has provided? Um, I, I was, I was compiling some, some notes and quotes for, for this sermon series on rest. And, you know, I was struck by so many voices from Mary Oliver to Henry now, and that, you know, all kind of focus on this idea of what happens when we slow down and we, you know, Mary Oliver's big thing is attentiveness, right? Paying attention mm-hmm. to, to where we see uh, God all around us. And now, and talks yeah. about, you know, you can't, you can't engage a spiritual life at all. If you can't, you know, be still and listen and, and um, yeah, it just strikes me that back to your comment about abundance, that as, as we think about this, well, and, and back to your comments earlier about like Sabbath and as, as, as Christians, this actually should be something that, that is a, a calling card for us, right? Like this should be a, mm-hmm. a core. We should be known I, for it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I hesitate to say like, we should be really, you know, amazing at it, you know, cause I'm sure people would turn that into some sort of uh pride thing, but, um, but yeah, like it, it, like you said, we should be known as, as those crazy people who, who actually uh-huh. take a day off and, and rest. Um, and, and so that is, that is something interesting that, yeah, I, I hope we, we continue to learn more about. So I'm curious for you, uh, you've mentioned a few things like, you know, recognizing where the exhaustion is coming from and, and stepping back, but what are some rhythms, uh, of life that you have, have, have normalized for yourself that you've just built into, uh, your Sabbath, your days off, your, even your, your work days, like what have you built into your regular rhythms that, um, that provide you that space to, to rest? Um, well, you know, again, I'm going to tout this podcast because I think it does a good job of explaining all this, that Sabbath should be a daily practice in some ways is what she yeah. says, but basically we shouldn't even just save it for the seventh day. Right. Um, totally agree. But that we should be restful centered people regardless. And so that has been the next thing that this, and this happened during the pandemic when I found myself getting just incredibly anxious for about 15,000 reasons. <laughs> and that yeah. hasn't really you stopped. Too? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what I realized is I needed to go to bed a little early and I needed to wake up a little earlier because I needed more time to kind of dial in for my day. I just was really wound up. My, my brain was going a mile a minute, mostly because I was catastrophizing. And I just needed more time to kind of figure out what was going on for me. So that's become a really regular habit. So I wake up, I go to bed, I start getting ready for bed at nine. My lights are out by 10. And then I'm, I, my alarm goes off at seven. So I get nine hours, which again, I'm just going to completely acknowledge as a privilege. Um, yeah. It doesn't go past seven because then my cat has become programmed to wake up. <laughs> at that point too and stare at me but um and i get up feed the cat my housemate has a cat too so get to feed the two little hungry mongrels and then i make a good really good stiff three-shot latte and then i sit on the couch and i i get ready for my day and i mean the first thing i need to do is wake up my brain a little bit yeah i do wordle um 
and there's another one on the New York Times that I do call Connections, and then Ooh, I've seen I, that one. I, oh my gosh, it's addictive. Um, but and then I start reviewing and reading some things. And I'll mm. check the news headlines, but I don't try to spend much time doing that. And then I journal, and mm. I have. I say this in so many of the presentations I give to coaching it is like I've had so many people over the years tell me like, yeah, I tried journaling once. It just didn't work. And what I usually say is like, yeah, and I bet you were 13 and it was a little puffy cover with a lock on it that you, you know, and <laughs> they'll, they'll laugh and go, okay, maybe that was, yeah. So try trying journaling is always a thing. And it doesn't have to be this hugely profound thing. I actually have a folder that I give to all my clients of, of different prompts to use for journaling if they're really just stalled and not knowing what to journal. So my journaling is not like yesterday I ate this and then I did that. You know, it's not a diary of my yeah. day. It's what's on my mind. I'm a pretty active dreamer and I've gotten to paying attention to my dreams. And so I often will write down what I dreamt about because dreaming is telling me what I'm anxious about. And spend some time reflecting on what some of the dreams are. And then, mm -hmm. and that's taken practice. Don't think that I have some special like interpretive degree in dream and sure. interpretation. But um, so dreaming, just talk, whatever stayed with me from yesterday, you know, if there's a conversation with a client or a friend or a family member mm -hmm. that often is bugging me because that tends to be where I go what what is going on there and again i'll try to kind of deconstruct that a little bit am i anticipating anything today that might be challenging you know i do try to do the mana concept of just enough for today like i don't need to kind of plan ahead i just need to do this every day yeah and um that probably takes half hour 45 minutes um and then i make some breakfast and go sit at my desk that's great I, as you're describing that, I can picture it. I, and I love the, like, what jumps out at me and, and I found this to be true too, but, um, but it has been a part of my learning is how the concept of rest is a discipline. Like it, it takes, mm -hmm. uh, it takes deliberation and it takes, you know, effort. I, I sometimes think I know that I, in my past have treated rest. And I think a lot of times we treat rest like, um, like toddlers do where you, mm. you just go. And then as soon as you get exhausted, you fall asleep on in the middle of the floor. You know, like if you've ever seen a kid yeah. like just passed out oh, on, sure. a hardwood, on a hardwood floor, mm. it's like, I think sometimes that's how we think of rest is I'll just go until my body tells me it's done. And right. then I'll lay down and put my head on the pillow and, and call it a mm -hmm. day, call it a day, as opposed to, you know, in order to rest, I need to make sure that some people are morning people. Some people are night people, you know, I've got a chair, I've got a, a space, I've got mm -hmm. this 30 minutes every morning or whatever. Um, and yeah, I think that, that there's a lot to be said there about making that a habit. Yeah. Well, there's a book that I read a few years ago that I'd actually highly recommend by Lauren Winner called Mudhouse Sabbath. And mm. she went to a coffee shop called the Mudhouse in North Carolina, I believe. No, Yale. And um, oh, right. when she was in grad school and uh she it's all these different she converted i think yeah from judaism to, to she, from to judaism to christianity but she brought in the jewish a lot of the jewish devotional disciplines and brought them into what her practices as a, as a christian and 
one of the ones I enjoy the most is she talks about candles, lighting candles. And mm. basically I forget exactly how she says it, but it's something like there's, there's no lit candles in noisy homes. Oh, I like that. That's, that sounds so true. Yeah. You, you light a candle that settles a place and it can mm-hmm. settle you. So if I have some people I'm talking with who are having a hard time putting down to bed, I'll talk about basically sleep hygiene and that you need to understand how to get ready for bed and do some and develop some rituals to slow yourself down in order to go to sleep. And again, for mine, it's the at nine o'clock, like clockwork, I stop what I'm doing. I'm going to be honest. I take a little melatonin um, <laughs> and I start and I do the same things of flossing and brushing and stretching yeah. and getting ready for bed and um, read a little bit the same thing i i read the new yorker and um again it's just that ritual it does an auto response to me and it dials me down to where i am dozing or i realize it so that's great and then i i should probably also um i it is rare when i don't exercise and i do not mean to at all imply that i'm some triathlete or anything, but <laughs> i exercise an hour a day probably and it's usually walking. I'm in Kansas, usually riding my bike. But, um, or if I have to run an errand, I'll ride my bike over to the store or something. But yeah, um, that's a huge part of it. I have to be able to move my body, especially now that I'm sitting at my desk even that much more. Yeah. That's another, I mean, perhaps another episode, but another piece of this this conversation that that strikes me as so why it's so important is because it is so holistic, right? Like you can talk about rest uh, from a spiritual point of view about Sabbath and about, you know, taking time to pray or whatever, but it absolutely is a physical thing. And when you talked about exercise, like there are lots of, you know, there's lots of data and lots of science on, you know, the importance of exercise of probably not drinking mm-hmm. too much of, you know, yep, yep. not eating too late into the night, like all of those steps. So yeah, as you mentioned that, I was like, yeah, there's, there's just hardly a corner of our lives that this doesn't touch. Well, we have to know ourselves well enough. I mean, a huge part of my coaching involves self-awareness and self-management. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we don't all, like you said earlier, we don't all rest the same way. So I'm, I'm compulsive. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. I'm a very intense person. So just as like, Kelly, you just need to chill out more. That's not, I mean, I, I'm going to contradict myself. It sounds like in terms of Saturday, I do try to do that, but it, it comes, I'm almost compulsive about chilling out, but um, on a regular daily basis, it's not, I can't just go sit on the couch and stop working. I have to, to go do something else that's going to be consuming enough to get my mind off work. Hmm. So whether that's making dinner or exercising, it ends up being both of them so that I can just redirect because I need to turn that buzzsaw in another direction. (laughs) It just goes and it won't stop. Yeah. Which you could sit there and fight that for hours and, and yeah, or you can lean into it. Yeah. And and move it in other directions. I like that. Hooey. Well, Kelly, thank you so much. I, I, I hope this has been, uh, for all of us, uh, at least a, a starter in, um, a introducing us to the idea that, that 
we might have some unhealthy rhythms to to begin mm. paying attention to and then um and then considering you know what what it might look like to take a step or two in the direction of mm-hmm. making rest uh, a, a part of our lives so i appreciate that yeah thank you no i mean it's a privilege to have the dialogue it's a privilege to get to talk about it with new people yeah absolutely well i hope you have a uh, a restful weekend and because uh, we are recording this on a thursday so almost there uh <laughs> almost the re- there the rest of you uh thank you again for joining us this week and we'll uh, see you next time have a good one thanks <laughs>